Hello and welcome to the Flying Frisbee podcast with me, Dominic Frisbee. As always, you can read this article, you can listen to this article, or as some like to do, you can read and listen at the same time. And we are talking about the rise and fall of sound money in ancient Rome and the many parallels to today. And this is the last article I'm going to write about gold in ancient history. I'm back from the Edinburgh Fringe next week and when more regular market commentary will resume. There are lots of exciting things happening on this substack. If you missed them this week, check out Wednesday's piece on uranium, the coming supply squeeze and how to play this almost inevitable bull market. On Monday, I covered Bitcoin, in particular how UK investors can get exposure via a traditional broker and thus have it in their SIP or ISA. And on Friday, I told the story of one of the maddest gigs I have ever done. So look out for all of those. Coming up this week, Dr. John will be sharing his picks of the North American oil and gas plays. Plus, together with Dr. John and Charlie Morris of Bytree, I've been working on the Do F All portfolio, a do very little portfolio for the hands-off investor who wants to invest his or her money safely and well without constantly having to monitor it. And there'll be a podcast and a piece about that very soon. So look out for all of those. For now, your Sunday morning thought piece, a historical piece with many parallels to today, the Romans and the debasement of money. The Roman Empire is probably more famous for debasing its currency than for its money itself. But for that debasement to have been so prolonged, and some might say successful, it needed an established, widely recognised and credible money as a starting point. Here we look at the rise and fall of sound money in ancient Rome. There are many parallels to today. The geology of central Italy is not particularly abundant in gold and silver, and it was only really after Rome began expanding beyond central Italy in the 3rd century BC that it started using gold and silver. Commodity money tends to be determined by the resources available. Bronze, copper and tin, is abundant in the area, and bronze in the form of weights, IS rude, often as heavy as 11 ounces, 300 grams, was the early currency of choice. As the Republic expanded, so did access to gold and silver, either from loot, tribute or mine supply, and so did these precious metals make their way into Roman money. The first silver denarius was minted in 211 BC. Within 50 or 60 years, Roman coinage was widespread across Italy, and much of the silver to mint the coins came from mines in Macedonia, which Rome now controlled. For the next 500 years, this silver coin, containing just over an eighth of an ounce of silver, about four grams, a little more than the weight of a 1p coin, would be the backbone of the currency of Rome. One denarius was exchangeable for ten asses. The I.S. Rudi evolved to become the ass, hence the name of ten or tenor. It was 95 to 98% pure silver. To give you some kind of benchmark, sterling silver is only 92.5% pure. The purchasing power of a denarius would be more than the underlying metal value, ranging between one and a half and three times the value. That's seniorage for you. The denarius lives on today, especially in many Latin languages. The Italian word for money is dinero. Uh, 
Denaro, I should say. Dinero is Spanish. Dinero, Portuguese, denar, Slovenian. In many Arab nations, the currency is the dinar. Heads of emperors appeared on coins, and so, as a result, did their use as imperial propaganda. The more coins circulating around the ever-growing empire, spreading the message of Rome, uh, Roman imperial might, the better. As a side note, uh, there's a picture in the article of a Roman aureus of Hadrian from 117 AD when he became emperor and when the Roman Empire was at its most extensive. On the reverse, Trajan, a previous empire, passes a globe, the empire, to Hadrian who accepts it. It seems the Romans knew the world was round. This Hadrian Sestertius, there were four of those brass coins to a denarius, tells the same story. You can see all the pictures in the article. And on the reverse of a Trajan denarius, we see Providentia, the Roman goddess of foresight, overlooking a globe, the world, the empire. Several centuries earlier, Aristotle had argued the world was round, saying the earth is spherical, while in 240 BC, Greek astronomer Eratosthenes actually calculated the circumference of the earth, and accurately, by measuring the angles of shadows. The infamous debasement only began shortly after the Republic became empire and control of money passed from the Senate to the Emperor. It lasted several hundred years. By the first century AD, taxation and tribute only covered around 80% of the imperial budget. The shortfall was met by mining and the loot of newly conquered nations. But the empire was no longer expanding at the same rate, so this was becoming an increasingly risky strategy. Shortfalls, especially under extravagant emperors, became increasingly common. The solution to excess spending, as today, was not to rein it in, but to debase the currency. In 64 AD, AD 64, Nero reduced both the amount of silver in a denarius to about 3.5 grams, as well as the purity of the metal itself to about 93.5%. A few decades later, under Trajan, Trajan, uh, the Roman Empire reached its greatest extent. From then on, it receded. That meant the supply of loot from newly conquered territories also receded. By lowering the amount of silver in its coins, Rome could produce more coins and stretch its budget. Successive emperors followed Nero's strategy. As with boiling frogs and the debasement of currency today, the process was gradual. 100 years after Nero, around 150 AD, the purity of silver had been reduced to 83%. By 250 AD, the silver purity was 50%. But then the debasement accelerated. By 275 AD, it was just 5%. As time progressed, the sleight of hand was exposed. By the time of Diocletian, who was emperor from 284 to 305 AD, there was so little precious metal in the money, the emperor had to resort to price controls. It was under Diocletian that the last denarii were minted. The most important gold coin of ancient Rome was the aureus, similar in size to the denarius, but containing roughly twice the weight of precious metal. Gold is denser than silver. It would be a bit heavier than a 2p today. An aureus was 25 denarii, so the gold-silver ratio would have been about 1 to 12, the historical norm. Nero reduced the gold content to 7.3 grams, coincidentally perhaps the same weight as the sovereign of the British Empire. By 210 AD, the gold content had fallen to 6 grams. However, unlike the silver denarius, the aureus kept its near 100% 24 carat purity. 
By the 4th century, the idea of obtaining an aureus for 25 denarii was long gone. In 301, one gold aureus was worth 833 denarii. Barely a decade later, the same aureus was worth 4,350 denarii. In 337, Constantine, who had relocated the heart of the empire to Constantinople, replaced the aureus with the solidus, about four and a half grams of 24-carat gold. Initially, one solidus was worth 275,000 denarii. <laughs> but by 356, one solidus was worth 4.6 million denarii. Talk about inflation. I don't know how those numbers are possible. However, in a breathtaking show of hypocrisy that even leaders today would struggle to pull off, the Roman authorities, despite the declining quality of the metal content of their denarius, refused to accept anything other than gold and silver in payment of taxes. Take in the good money, send out the bad. Of course, one key reason for the relentless debasement was a bloated Roman state that was incapable of living within its means. But another reason must be lack of raw material. As central Italy had little supply, the metal had to be obtained elsewhere, and most of it came in the form of war booty and the subsequent tributes and taxes levied. No wonder Rome was constantly at war. That was its business model. But the expense of continual wars without the corresponding payback of loot from the newly conquered made the model unsustainable. The expansion ceased, but the spending didn't. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back with another podcast very soon. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us uh, on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you're listening to this on. And if you're interested in buying gold to protect yourselves in these uncertain times, my recommended bullion dealer is the Pure Gold Company, whether you're taking delivery or storing online. Premiums are low, quality of service is high. They deliver to the UK, the US, Canada and Europe. Or you can store your gold with them. And if you go to them, tell them I sent you and there is a link to them at the bottom of the article. Until next time, goodbye.